What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production. The boys are back in the studios, aka across the world right now. We got Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock, probably one of the most recognizable uh, NLL goalies out there. Also a big sports card collector you'll learn here later in the episode. Absolute guy who's sticking around talking to us about the game with our nonsense portion that you guys love. So you got myself, Tucker LaBelle, we got Garrett, we got Cami Mack, and of course, Rosie himself in here to just chirp it up and talk about a bunch of random stuff. Today on the docket, I know we got a lot of things to talk about, a lot of really interesting stuff going around the game. We got the NLL outdoor game, you know, kind of like, what are our thoughts? Do we think it's crazy? Do we love it? Do we hate San Diego in general? Kind of what's the whole deal there? Um, you know, uh, Garrett specifically going to get super energized because Brad Gillies had a goal. And then Dan Dawson of the Toronto Rock, also Rose's teammate, 1,500 points right there. And then we're going to talk about my insane trip planned for Prague here coming up very soon and kind of the Euro box scene. And then we're going to talk about box versus sixes growth internationally what do we think and then somewhere in between all of that is a whole lot of nonsense that we hope at least puts a smile on your face and keeps you on this episode just about 10 seconds longer gentlemen how are we garrett take it away first give us the quick snapshot update uh you know i'm pretty good that stadium showdown though um i know me and cam were watching that love it love every second of it um i'm gonna let cam more talk about that but i know our favorite our favorite part was watching the cameraman trying to get that shot and just right on the boards and just got knocked right off and we will post a video of it it was the best thing ever but cam please i know you love this game yeah um you know, we've kind of talked about it in the past a little bit, right? Um, in a couple episodes ago, um, just bringing up the fact that, you know, NLL is trying to do whatever they can to uh, reach a new fan base, right? Uh, I compared it to the fact that um, I live in Chicago. It's not necessarily, you know, someplace where you would picture a huge NASCAR fan being from, at least in my opinion, right? Just recently getting into like Formula One racing in my adulthood. But they're having a race in the streets of Chicago, um, literally right next to my apartment, right? A NASCAR race with the chain smokers, with Miranda Lambert. So why wouldn't I want to go be a part of, you know, something big happening in my city? And I, that's exactly how I picture, you know, uh, the first ever NLL game kind of unfolding, right? It's this big event in San Diego. Um, looked like we had a really great crowd who was getting into it. Um, you know, some obviously uh, comedic moments with, with I, I have to give the guy credit. I mean, he's, he's up on a stepladder, yeah, uh, he's he's got the he's got the camera with the big lens, you know, he's trying to get the shots right. And <laughs> when the trains on the tracks, you got to get off right. He just right into the boards, the guy goes toppling over, and they try to pivot as quick as they can to make sure that they're not embarrassing this guy anymore, right into the game. And it transitioned right into a goal, which I thought was like kind of the cherry on top. So uh, in terms of my actual thoughts about the outdoor game, um, I, I was pretty impressed. I thought the production level was pretty high. Um, you know, you're not sure what to expect. I think like the field placement, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with that. Right. Obviously being a large stadium, uh, I thought with the way that they kind of used one side of the stadium, um, and like three kind of fan sections was fantastic. Um, 
Nick, honestly, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts being, at, you know, a part of the league yourself. Uh, does this feel like a step in the right direction? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on having an actual outdoor game kind of drawing more of those non-traditional fans? Yeah, no, from everything I saw, I obviously wasn't able to watch the game. We had the, the game day as well, but I uh, saw the photos and uh, some of the clips. Uh, saw that video of uh, the camera guy falling falling off the boards uh obviously pretty funny hope he's all right but um no everything i saw looked awesome uh some of the feedback from some of the players that played uh said it was great and uh kind of that we got to do more stuff like this uh for the nol and to kind of obviously attract that new fan base and um I'm, i don't know i didn't talk to the goalies though i don't know how uh the sun uh helped them out there but uh I saw one. I saw one of the backups had the eye black on. So I don't know if I'd want to be playing in it, but uh, yeah, if the league wants to do more of that, uh, keep the West teams, uh, Western teams out there for it. But no, it looked like it uh, went very well, and good on them trying something new too. It was uh, it was good to see. Yeah, I don't think he could have asked for a better day, right? It was nice, sunny. I think it was like fifty six, sixty degrees out there. Um, and, you know, we won't have you necessarily comment on the negative things that, you know, we take, we want to keep you neutral here. Um, but I know that we always, you know, try to give play devil's advocate, right? Especially when we talk about the PBLA, same thing with the NLL too, right? Tuck, I know that uh, you said, you know, you noticed some things with the board quality. I just, man, I freaking hate temporary white plastic boards. They just like you throw a ball off of them. First off, the bounce dies right away. So you can't do that. And then it's like they slide in the temporary glass and the, the temporary glass does the same thing where you throw it off and it's not going to bounce back to you like you want it to. And then I, I don't know. I just saw a guy two years ago literally go through a board like it was. I mean, it was pretty funny. That's what the cameraman thing reminded me of it. But like my only thing, the whole cinematography of it, the, the ambiance, the beauty of it and the fact that it's in beautiful San Diego um, you know, wonderful, but like, I just, I have no affection for PVC plastic boards. That's my take right there. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, being honest fans, we just want to call it like we see it. And I think 99% of it was awesome. Uh, I sat on my couch nursing a rolled ankle because I jumped in with my players at practice uh, and I've got these weak ankles um, that continue to, to give me problems. Uh, but it was awesome to be able to turn on ESPN plus, you know, see, see a outdoor game first of its kind. Right. Um, but yeah, fantastic stuff. Kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Uh, our last guest. Brad Gillies of the uh, the Rochester Nighthawks got another goal on uh, on Saturday night. Rosie, do you remember seeing that goal yourself? <laughs> I I actually got a pretty funny backstory to this. So I uh, I played junior lacrosse with Brad and Sean Gillies, so they're like two of my better buddies. Nice. Well, obviously obviously Sean's not in that at all, but he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he was actually. Uh, searching for some tickets to that game uh during the day so i was able to kind of get a few extra tickets for him and then oh, uh, nice. but i obviously knew he was cheering for brad and rochester so i said uh you can have these tickets but you got to cheer for us and he uh he kind of said yeah no problem i'm i'm all rock but you got to let brad score and when uh <laughs> when brad scored that first one all i could think about was sean just in the stands like 
like thinking I did him a favor or whatever. But no, that, that that was a nice shot. He's obviously one of the best transition players in the league. So um, I'm glad uh, we kept him to one that night, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I have to say it's pretty exciting. You know, he was our first interview. We're talking to you, you know, talking about you coming on the show. And then I'm seeing him, you know, two two of the guys we're talking about being on our podcast, going toe-to-toe. I mean, it's really, you know, just an awesome experience from a fan perspective, right, and, and being a part of this. Um, Tucker, I know you wanted to talk about box versus sixes. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I got a bunch of thoughts for you today. Well, here they come. Um, I, there's a lot of cool conversations going on right now. And, and like, I, I feel, I feel kind of privileged to be, I think, used as a person of advice for both parties, which I kind of enjoy being that neutral guy that can understand both sides. Um, and like I, I recently, a friend of mine called who's involved in the international game and, you know, just kind of wanted to pick my mind on, what are my thoughts on, on box versus sixes? What are we seeing development wise, you know, across Europe and, and, you know, the greater world, which one's going to be more beneficial, which one's going to be more accessible, which one's going to be more of a fan favorite. And I, I think that's a question that we need to ask more is, you know, let's not jump to the conclusion of inventing something new when something may exist already. That is a really beneficial product. And I, I understand for, for some some parts of the world that, you know, don't have as many resources, it's going to be hard to find a box. It's going to be hard to find an outdoor box. I have no doubt about that at all. And that maybe is an opportunity where sixes or small numbers lacrosse can come into place. But when it comes into like Europe, where you have a, a huge indoor soccer following and, you know, places where boxes already exist that just need to be a little bit repurposed. I mean, some of these are like cold war era boxes that just need a little bit of paint and some creases. Um, I see box growing there so much faster and it's so productive and like right now on my bucket list like when i go to prague i'm going to take a a train and go over to slovakia as well um slovakia like they're picking up box like no one's business they they have some great great box players when i was in italy playing i had the privilege to meet some of the guys and it's just like they've latched on to box lacrosse not field lacrosse like they play some field but like box is their thing like they love it they can get boozed up they can hit each other they can, you know, get all the, the kids in there watching and they're smacking each other into the boards. It appeals to that sense of being, you know, a European in that way. And I think we're seeing that more and more and more across Europe is box is the, the style that's really starting to trend. Um, sixes is fun, but it's back and forth a lot. And it eliminates the idea of a true deep hole or a defensive player like that. Whereas box is like, everybody's got a little bit of options for box. And I'll also say like, I think box is a great entry point for guys who maybe are a little bit older in life. And like they're good in short spurts and they can go in shifts, but they're not going to run up and down a field as much. Box just appeals like that. I mean, look at look at a lot of the guys we play with. I mean, like Bud Y, who, you know, Bud won a Minto cut back in the day. Bud's probably in his late 40s right now or something like that and and played box again with us. No problem. Um, we have Scott, who's Scott's Scott was in his mid-50s when he picked up box and could still do it in short shifts. But it appeals to that, which I think is really awesome. So between hitting hard any age can get involved and it's really 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 great for viewing the sport i think if you're going to grow a game a big a big part of that growing is the viewer's perspective of the game i agree with that i love the way that you say that too um nick you being i mean hell i really am interested to see you know what you got to say about this you being the pro um played damn near forever let's be serious what do you think what are your thoughts about this 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's obviously a pretty hot topic these days. Um, I'm biased towards box lacrosse for sure, and wish that that was kind of the <clears throat> kind of the direction they went. Obviously, to try and get into the Olympics, but I do understand the resources side of it, and not every country uh, has access to good good facilities, floors, turfs. Like it, it's not cheap to kind of produce a all game, so. Like for them to kind of try and figure that out in uh, all these countries that are going to be playing it at the Olympics, I understand the obstacles. Um, when I watch sixes, though, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, like not really any defense. Like obviously, super high scoring games. Like it's just for me as a lacrosse fan, it's not as entertaining as box lacrosse or your typical field game, but. Um, I do like that they kind of created a version of the game that's better suited for the Canadians, though. Ah, great. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I I won't be on Team Canada, so I can guarantee the gold in 28 at this point. But, um, no, I I don't know. Just uh, it's good that they're trying to kind of get more countries involved in uh, lacrosse. And if six is kind of the route they got to go, I'm all on board for that. It's just... uh, yeah, it seems like they uh, kind of got some tweaking to do uh, with kind of how to proceed with it. But um, all the power to uh, World Lacrosse and all the countries and groups that are trying to kind of make it, obviously, at the forefront. Good take. Awesome. Yeah, really good to hear. Now, coming back all the way home, Dan Dawson, of your fellow, your fellow teammate, hit 1,500 points. 1500. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even count that high. That's a lot. Now, what was that moment like? I know in the game, they heated the game, you know, it's like, all right, cool. You hit an achievement, grab the game ball. We still got a game to play. That locker room after that, what was that like? And what was he happy? Was he like, cool, check it off the box, let's move on, straight business? How was he? Yeah, no, I think heading into that game, like, I'm sure people had told him that he was at. 1499 or whatever but if you know dan he's super humble and he really could care less about all those kind of records and stuff but when you've kind of played as long as he has and um for him to earn that uh obviously well i don't know if it's a record but he's the second person to ever hit 1500 in the nol like i think probably sitting at home with his kids and stuff uh he'll, he'll be able to reflect back on uh kind of how incredible that milestone is and the career he's had. I I played with him uh, my first couple of years in Boston as well. So I don't know uh, how many points he had at that point, but um, he's obviously tacked on a lot since and 1500s uh, unbelievable. After the game, uh, um, obviously the coaches kind of made note of it and I gave him the game ball and um we uh, we kind of have an item we hand out uh, for player of the game or whatever, so he got it for that. And, uh, yeah, he's just such a great leader, and uh, the boys were extremely fired up for him. And um, like I said, I think uh, I think that kind of stuff kind of makes him cringe a little bit. He gets pretty uh, embarrassed uh, to talk about kind of some of his accomplishments, but we try to obviously uh, kind of make it – make it known that he's uh, an absolute legend and uh, no matter kind of how embarrassed he gets about it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you're an absolute legend too. You know, before we switch gears, not to mention, you know, what you're. Let me see. You're the first goaltender to have two goals in this one season from your own crease. You know, let's not, you know, I'm saying full field goals. You know, pretty cool. So legend in your own right. That was. I'm not gonna lie. I saw the videos. Absolutely loved them. So as soon as I saw you coming on, I was like, that's the, that's the coolest thing ever. Well, one of them was actually right over Dan Dawson when he played for Rochester. So I like to hold that over his head, but he he got on his horse to try and chase it down and just wasn't didn't get there in time. So I saw I that. And it was oof, it was. You got to let him know you're an offensive threat too, right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, actually he, was. Yeah, I was close on close on Saturday at the end of uh, one of the quarters against Rochester, like three seconds left just to put it over, but would have been a good one, but. Uh, luckily we had enough goals to win yeah i mean you know 1500 points but not all not not many of those have got to be uh the full length of the uh, arena right so you definitely got got a leg up yeah. there right? um sweet well really appreciate you uh talking with us here during our pick and corner segment uh we are going to kick it over now to your interview so stay tuned uh producer al let's like shift over to our interview come on back with us here in a minute Welcome back, everybody, to the Box Across podcast. Picking corners, we have the one, the only, the famous, the best goaltender, maybe number three, but, you know, number one in our hearts, Nikki Rose, Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock is here with us. Everybody give us a hand of a clap. Round of applause. Whatever, Nick. It's great to have you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, with that being said, I want to be selfish and go first here. Um, with you, with sorry, with lacrosse running so deep in your blood, you've played for like what I'd say probably 16, 18 years, um, maybe more than that. What are some things that you would change about the goaltending position, whether that be equipment, rules, etc.? You know, you don't like guys flying at you, you know, trying to take dive shots, you know, cam, whatever, or, um, you know, whatever that is. What are things, some things you would change? Yeah, I guess in the NOL, um, definitely some of the rules. Uh, I, I'm definitely not going smaller gear if that's what you're <laughs> looking for. But um, no, I think with the dunk goals from behind the net, um, it, it really makes it tough, uh, kind of on the refs and obviously on the goaltenders as well. It's, uh, it's kind of a play where uh, I don't know if there's a play in other sports where like one position is at such a disadvantage. Like we don't have eyes in the back of our heads. So just kind of a guessing game and um, sometimes kind of their sticks slam into us or whatever. And um, refs can't really, it goes too quick uh, for them to make the proper call. So I guess I'd have to go with the dunk goals. Can I, can I ask one off of that Garrett? Uh, this Nick, you just you opened up a, a whole treasure chest of, of <laughs> questions of perspective. You know, you got some you got some guys of all sizes pulling the dunks, jumping from behind the crease. At, at what age do they teach you as a goalie that you have to focus on the guy behind and the guy in front? And what's that process like training for that? Well, uh, that's the thing. Like all the box lacrosse in like Canada that we grow up playing, like doesn't have the dunker diving rules. So basically until the, you get to the NOL goalies, uh, goalies don't really practice that. So it's really just kind of thrown right into the fire and have to find a way to 
be able to I, I've played in that all long enough to kind of have a good idea when it's coming, but um I certainly had a few years where uh was kind of getting taken advantage of uh, <laughs> uh pretty crazy. good. So yeah, it is pretty crazy because it's not a it's not a common rule growing up. <laughs> Interesting. Um, along the same lines of that, I'm I'm curious, um, because you know, we don't typically talk to a ton of high level box goalies, right? Do you like that the net is is not stationary, that you can move it yourself, that it gives you a little leeway? Do you think that's safer? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit safer. They do have uh, um, magnets kind of underneath uh, where the posts are, but they tend to not not work the best uh, or some <laughs> some arenas are broken. But um, I don't know. It's kind of become part of my routine and probably other goalies uh, kind of readjusting the net and to where it's supposed to be. It usually comes off uh, here and there. And I, it's definitely safer for the, for the diving goals and uh, – Obviously, if you got knocked to the net and the net doesn't move, it'll be a, a little more painful. So I get why they do that. But yeah, it's uh, very, very different than hockey with uh, the without the pegs. Yeah, I mean, are you giving the goal like an extra kick, you know, when you try to give yourself a little bit of an advantage? Or uh, do you find yourself trying to like position it yourself? Or is it just kind of too fast to even react? Uh, no, there's lines where it's supposed to be. And actually, then I'll like if you if the net gets knocked off like middle of play, the, it kind of creates like even more space for the shooters. Like if the, the shooters essentially get where the net would be and then where it is currently. So if, if the net's off by say six inches, one side, if the, if the ball would have gone in the net, they, they would call it a goal. So it's not really much of an advantage to us, unfortunately, in, as goalies. Yeah, it's interesting to hear, especially, uh, you know, obviously I'm only having one perspective from watching it on TV um, and, you know, the limited experience I've I've had in the last year or so. Um, so it's interesting to just kind of get in the mindset of uh, what, it, what it takes to be a goalie, what are you looking out for and things like that to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, obviously, the Toronto Rock are, uh, you know, a storied franchise, right? Um, what's it like, you know, stepping out there in that arena um, during home games? What the, What's the atmosphere like? I mean, it, it seems like the fans are great. Um, you know, is it special to play there? Yeah, it's been uh, really good. I uh, We actually moved to Hamilton uh, last season, which is uh, – a little bit further away from Toronto, but um, the atmosphere has been great. It's kind of a blue collar crowd and uh, it keeps getting better. Last week or on uh, this past weekend against Rochester, it was, uh, I think most, uh, most people attended the game that we've had in Hamilton and uh, um, the way uh, kind of the noise uh, they, they've been bringing it this season. And obviously that translates uh, with the success we've been having, but uh um, like even back to our playoff game against Halifax, we last year we won it in overtime and I've never really heard a building louder. So no, it's been great. Um, I grew up a fan of the rock uh, when they played back at like Maple Leaf Gardens and that kind of thing. So um, definitely the most storied franchise in the league. And um, it's been an honor to play for them and we got treated first class. So uh, yeah, no complaints over here. Yeah, I want, to, I want to add one Hamilton comment from a viewer's perspective. Man, those golden black throwback uniforms, those are kind of sick looking to tie back to the Hamilton history that I don't I don't know a lot of people totally understand that, but 
when you guys came out in those uniforms for the American NLL viewers, I think that caused people to understand a little bit more and research a little bit more. So pretty cool to see that. Yeah, that was uh, obviously to honor the city we're playing in. I, uh, I'm i not going to get into it, but there has been a little bit of controversy over our kind of uh, sticking with the team name of uh, Toronto Rock and playing wow. in Hamilton and that, that kind of stuff. But uh, the chance to kind of wear uh, the city colors is uh, great. And um, I'm a Steelers fan, too, so I like the black and yellow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, um, it's, it's cool, man. I'm a Browns fan. No, no worries. You know, <laughs> uh, along the same yeah. lines of those. Uh, sorry, Garrett. I'm just real quick comment. Oh, yeah. you, but but uh, I saw too that you guys are um, uh, coming out with some sweet jerseys for the Indigenous Heritage Night. Is that what you're going to bring up, Garrett? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those look sweet. I see that you can bid on them now. Um, I mean, it's one thing that is you know part of our kind of. Um, you know, whole mantra here, right, is is bringing awareness to the history of the game and wanting to make sure that it's, you know, an inclusive sport for everybody because that's kind of how it started, right, um, being in those deep roots. So, I mean, it's pretty sweet that you guys are, uh, are going to be able to represent, um, you know, that heritage night like that. Um, do you typically see um, the atmosphere shift when you have, you know, a certain theme night or something like that where you're really uh, representing like a, a core group? Yeah, no, excuse me, hundred uh, percent. We did the indigenous uh, jerseys last year, um, more on the darker side for the jerseys, like uh, purple. But uh, this year is a bit more of a, of kind of a white, uh, white clean theme. But uh, no, last year our indigenous game was unreal. Uh, we are obviously pretty close to um, some of the obviously indigenous uh, people on Six Nations and um, kind of around Hamilton and. Um, obviously we got some incredible players that are indigenous, uh, some of the best in the world, obviously. So, um, to kind of pay tribute to them and really more so just kind of spotlight, uh, kind of where our game comes from is, uh, the most important thing. That's awesome. I know my, my, my roommate is, is from six and he, um, he's mentioned multiple times, the the appreciation and interest in when you guys can do special uniforms and, and kind of things that promote people um, to research and understand a little bit more, especially on this side of the border. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been really good. And it's been good to see the league take more of an initiative on that the last couple of seasons and highlight all the great players we have that are indigenous. Obviously the top guys are kind of Lyle Thompson, Cody Jamison, Randy Stass, all those guys, uh, played against a long time so it's good to kind of see them getting uh getting highlighted like they have awesome now going with the toronto rock playing hamilton and the name change you're kind of like me in chicago where the bears are now you're going to arlington and kind of you know we're gonna shift off a lacrosse here for a little bit what's it like having our old quarterback who wasn't that great as now your Steelers guy, how do you, how do you like him? I actually don't mind uh, Trubisky, but obviously it's Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh. So um, yeah, Trubisky, he started off obviously a little bit slow and uh, kind of lost the job to Kenny, but I think he's been a good veteran. I've seen, uh, I think he kind of set up some workouts for the guys and uh, th- this off season. So I like that. He's still kind of trying to lead the way there, but yeah, I don't mind Mitch, but he's obviously not uh, not the starter anymore. <laughs> That's good. That's good to hear. You know, Mitch has time, but you know, 
and now we're to come back with it. Like you said, he said some workouts over the over the over the summer. We know every quarterback has their pregame routines, but let's be serious. Goaltenders are some insane people. You guys take shots all game. You command the defense. You're basically out there the entire time. There's no, there's hardly any coming off for you guys. What does your pregame ritual look like? I know it has it changed over the years. Does it change game by game? What does that look like? Take us in the mind of you pregame. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's changed a whole lot. Usually, uh, we we go over on the bus together as a team, and uh, um, generally, like two and a half to three hours before the game, and then. Once get to the rink, kind of set up the gear how I, I want it. And then honestly, just kind of listen to tunes in the dressing room with the guys, try and take about 10, 15 minutes on my own uh, just to kind of get a good, decent stretch in, uh, obviously, before we head out for warm-ups. And then uh, usually takes me about 15 minutes to put on all my gear. So strap up. The boys are usually out shooting uh, shooting on the net. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, and then we get into a warm-up. We have a light warm-up where the players don't really put on any equipment. They just kind of get to shoot on us and warm us up. And then and uh, we get a full team stretch in. And then uh, then second warm-up, uh, everybody's in full gear. And it's more like uh, kind of working on power play, five-on-five, kind of just getting into uh, the, the game uh, game mode a bit more. And then, and then uh, yeah, we got to go uh, – after second warm-up, we got to go get measured. Uh, goaltenders, uh, they got to measure our equipment. The refs do. So we go do that, and then uh, it's pretty much game time from there. So, yeah, nothing too crazy. I know some goalies that probably have a lot crazier routines than I do, but I just like to kind of get in the room, chat with the guys, and just kind of get in my zone. And does your your strategy because you guys just had a doubleheader, right? Which isn't necessarily typical for you know a regular NLL weekend. Um, does your strategy shift on how you approach the whole weekend, knowing that you're going to be playing two games, you know, in close proximity to each other? Um, not really. Like this weekend, uh, obviously we had the tough loss to Philly last night, but. Um, no, we threw a lot into the game Saturday night against Rochester. Like uh, all of our all of our preparation and video uh, all week was on Rochester, just because uh, well we were tied with them in the standings for the East Division, and and they had also beaten us earlier in the season. So um, definitely had to kind of put more emphasis just onto the first one. And then the reality is you can't take both if uh, if you don't get the first one. So I think that was kind of our mindset and it was good to pull that one out but then yeah um quickly turned to a travel day sunday and prep for uh, philly and then uh yeah we had a tight game but just came out on the wrong side last night yeah, yeah absolutely go tucker i know you did I, background. Yeah. I mean like listen i i man i love the serious lacrosse questions and uh you know let's ask rosie here about strategies and all this kind of stuff but like my mind and the and the comedy side of this, Nick, to give you background is here. Like, you know, I don't know if it, I think it was like sometime after the pandemic. I'm um, I'm getting back into sports cards, man. I'm getting back into collecting, and I see your page, Rosie Cards on on Twitter, and I'm yep. like, okay, we got Rosie here collecting cards. What's he collecting? Why is he collecting it? 
Like, you know, I'm over here right now breaking into a bunch of mosaic football blasters and stuff like that. You're probably chasing the Kenny Pickett's. I'm chasing right now the Joe Burrow because the Browns doesn't really have anyone good. What are you what are you into sports cards wise, man? How did you get into it? Have you ever ever had a card made of you? And then what's your all time favorite rookie card? I guess we'll go with that. Just give us give us the sports card knowledge, man. Yeah, no, I, uh, as a kid, I was really into it and, uh, and, uh, mostly hockey and then, uh, Pokemon as well. And then I took basically like 15, 20 years off of it, I think. And I think like a lot of people during the pandemic, I found, uh, found all my albums of cards while just sitting at home bored and kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And then, uh, started talking with uh, a couple of people in our uh, office that worked for the rock, uh, or have been into it for a long time and they kind of explained how the hobby currently is and uh, with grading and all that kind of stuff. So it really got me back into it. And then, yeah, I've just been full on. Uh, it's tough to tough to not want to try and collect uh, some of those rookie cards. And uh, I'm back mostly into hockey, trying to collect uh, full sets of like the upper deck and the young guns, rookie cards. And then other sports, I just, yeah, try to get, uh, I was all over uh, Najee Harris, the rookies last year, Prism and Mosaic and all that. And then I guess, uh, I think it actually might be release day for Prism uh, football today. So I better, <laughs> I'll have to check eBay after this interview, but. That's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, I'm sure I'll <laughs> be all over uh, some Kenny Pickett stuff. I'm going to have to get in some Steelers breaks here though. Definitely. So I guess my other question off of that too, then is, you know, when you're going city to city, are you hitting up different hobby shops if they're in the area? Cause we know like, like, I don't know if these guys know it as much, but like card guys, if you're near a card shop, you're going to go swing by. Yeah. And I guess off of that, if you've gone to any, have you ever been recognized from a lacrosse perspective? Um, last year I was going to a few in the States. Uh, our, our, Goy last year, Riley Hutchcraft. He's actually now with uh, Rochester. He's uh, into cards a little bit, so that was kind of our our road trip uh, routine. Ha- have have lunch with the team, and then just go pop by a a shop. Uh, there's a couple good ones in the states, but uh, no, this year I haven't been doing that too much. Obviously, uh, yeah, just uh, no, I don't think as many. There's really anybody else into cards like I am, so yeah, I've stayed away from the shops and a bit better on the wallet this year, but, um, but, uh, yeah, sorry. What was the last part of that? Uh, I guess last, last, last part I'm most interested in, like, I know tops has released like a, a PLL series and everything like that. And, you know, I think off and on like Alan Ginter, um, tops used to release random stuff. There's a Charlotte North card right now in their current set for the women's game. Have you ever had a, a, a sports card made of you? Um, and I guess, you know, if you haven't, or if you have, like a little background on it if so yeah no i i believe uh my first year with the rock which would have been my fourth year in the NOL, uh there was a team set i i actually don't have don't have one yet i gotta get my hands on it still it's but rare <laughs> you, gotta, yeah. gotta, you gotta look out for it yeah no i'm gonna try and get one of those and then yeah i've been trying to chat with the NOL and the players association about getting on it obviously the the PLL top set's been awesome, and uh, I've been collecting a bunch of that too. Uh, one of my roommates, he's probably upstairs. La, you guys know uh, Latrell Harris with Archers. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been trying to collect all his uh, rookie cards, and 
I swung and missed on his uh, one-on-one, so I still, got, I still got to try and get that off uh, the guy that has it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's been pretty cool. Hopefully they do NOL cards. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think uh, – I, I actually, back in the day, like for minor lacrosse starting out, like team picture day, they would give you an individual card. So I have a few of those, but those aren't uh, certified. All right, so we need a we need a roadie, you know, tri patch relic auto card. That's next in the works here. Yeah, maybe with the jerseys on the background there. Yeah, so can cut it up. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're trying to talk to guys that have hobbies that borderline addictions, I've got like 300 records right behind me, um, and obviously we do everything lacrosse here that we can. Um, Clearly, we could sit here and talk for another hour. Uh, we need to have you back on the show, um, but I do want to let you go. Don't want to take up too much of your time. This has been a great conversation, Nick. We really appreciate you coming on here. Second interview for our show um, and giving us some great commentary. So, uh, Nick Rose, appreciate it. Thanks from the boys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with the show.